So um, thank you for agreeing to doing this, Jay. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you um, that question that you're never supposed to ask. Can you tell me how old you are, please? Oh, I don't <laughs> uh, 45. Okay, and can you tell me a little bit about where you, uh, you grew up? I grew up in the Midlands to start off with, till I was nine, different places. And then my dad moved down to south of London, so I lived there till I was 18, and then I moved away to go to college and different things. And sort of during your, your childhood, what was sort of your um, realisation in relation to your sexual identity? Was it something that you were aware of quite early or <laughs> later on? No, I was a bit slow off the mark. <laughs> I got a famous... Um, um, one of my best friends that I've had at school, at high school, and I have a joke. She can't remember it. She remembers everything about being at school, and I remember nothing apart from this one conversation where we were walking down the road because she used to get the bus to school, and because it was a girls' school, so she used to get the bus with lots of boys going to the boys' school up the road, and I used to cycle with some of my friends to school. Mm. So she always had this big thing about meeting boys on the bus and being interested in boys on the bus. And I just didn't have the same thing going on. So I was walking down to get the bus with her one day and she was having this whole conversation about boys and me. And somehow we had this conversation, so I must have been about 14 or 15, where I was saying that basically I could see that you went out with boys, but obviously girls were better looking. <laughs> and I completely meant that at the time. And yeah. looking back, I think, oh yeah, I really didn't get that, did I? I didn't kind of translate that into thinking and there. So I just thought you just went out with boys, that's what you did. Mm. But I didn't have any expectation that they were as attractive as girls. I just thought girls were more attractive but you went out with boys. So I can kind of look back and think, there's a few clues really, but I seem to miss them. All the pictures I had up on my wall were of women. and have any boys up. <laughs> but, um, I mean, my theory is I just waited until it was very safe to come out. So when would you actually say that you could sort of identify as LGBT in relation to that? And sort of what was the, the time lag after that? I think what happened was... I think I probably officially came out when I was about 23 and, st- and sort of ca- decided I was lesbian and then met my first girlfriend in all about the sort of same time. But previous to that, I probably had about two, at least two years of thinking about it and talking about it mm. and thinking, oh, I want to be a lesbian, but I can't. Almost like you might say, oh, I'd like to be French. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I'm not. <laughs> so it was like it was some immovable thing that, that I couldn't be. And I think it was probably sort of going to college, really, and starting. I started doing part-time youth work. Yeah. And there was a few lesbian youth workers and lots of feminist youth workers. And I think that started me thinking, oh, OK, mm-hmm. there's more options here. But it took, me a, it took me a good two or three years, I think, to almost kind of to go from being seeing myself as straight to seeing myself as a lesbian. And when I finally came out, I felt like I needed like a little change of address card type thing. <laughs> Because everyone knew me and I was having to sort of go around saying, oh no, actually. <laughs> You've got the wrong <laughs> idea just, about me. Yeah. Like I need a little card. What were sort of the emotions surrounding that sort of period? I think it was quite exciting, really. That's my sort of... I mean, it was partly... It was, it was, it, and that's what I mean about doing it when it was safe. Because if I'd done it when I was at school, I think I'd have been really isolated. Well, I would have been really isolated. And then when I went to college, and particularly when I started working part-time at the same time I was at college... I just started moving in different circles, I suppose. So particularly with work, with the youth work, mm. it just felt like a really safe place to do that. Mm. So that all kind of built up, and I suppose I just got more confident about it. And then when I came out and started going out with Carol, that was just really exciting. So I think by the time I actually came out, it was relatively easy. 
but but I mean scary as well. I think it was. I think I was young enough to be excited by it, <laughs> and it was really liberating because it was like, oh, right, you know, this is. So that I think clause twenty eight happened at almost the same time as it came out. So in some respects, that's incredibly negative. But I think what it did was it kind of galvanised loads of people to do things, to action really. And so all that, all those actions were really, really positive and really exciting. So I spent most of my weekends on buses going to demonstrations either against Clause 28 or there was a fight the Alton bill, which was an anti-abortion bill and like various different mm. things. So I suppose although Clause 28 itself was really negative and horrible, it kind of really raised the issue and it got people working together and campaigning and stuff. So... And it was really sociable, so I got to do loads of things with loads of things going on, lots of people to meet and everything. And, you know, I used to go to Pride and go on all those things. So it, it was, yeah, I found it really exciting, actually. When you came out, how did um, sort of your family react? And how did, and how did like, maybe your colleagues or friends react? I think in terms of my, um, at that point, so I'd just finished college for a couple of years. I was still working as a youth worker and I was... Um, set up a video co-op so I was making videos and doing training and stuff like that so in that respect I think in terms of the youth work everyone was really positive because it was a really it was mostly women youth workers I, I used to work in two girls groups and there was a big network of girls groups and lots of women youth workers and there was a few out lesbian youth workers so everybody was really positive everyone that I worked with so that was kind of fine and in terms of the other stuff the kind of video community video work I was doing that with a group of friends that I'd been at college with and they all left um, Coventry where we were living at the time and moved down to London. Mm. So my whole kind of picture of my life changed anyway. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd already decided I didn't want to move to London um, and that I was going to stay in Coventry. So I split up with my boyfriend because I came out basically and he moved to London and then my, he, and he'd also been part of the video co-op and the other people I worked with had also moved. So it was a kind of a strange time, really. I can really remember thinking, oh, I don't even know what to wear, because I'd been a sort of a goth before that. <laughs> I don't know. What do I, Where's the identity? Where's the kit? Yeah. yeah. And being a goth was really easy, because you just wore sort of black trousers and a sort of different T-shirt. I <laughs> have to think about it. And we're going into shops thinking, I don't know what to wear. So that was sort of fine. And I also kind of inadvertently made myself homeless at the same time, because the, the woman that I was living with moved to London. And I was meant to get a... a, a house share with somebody else and that fell through somehow so I rang up the youth the older youth worker who I'd been working with and sort of basically <laughs> went, oh, no, yes, yeah. <laughs> and she really rescued me and said right that's fine you can come and live with me so I went to live with her and her partner who were just completely lovely to me mm. and were, were straight but were completely completely positive and totally supportive so I think that was just amazing really because I kind of got cocooned yeah. for about, I don't know if it was about six months or something like that where I just felt like really looked after and really supported and didn't have to be on my own so so although I was saying it was exciting I think it was very scary and I had to tell my family which is a big thing I suppose like I didn't mm -hmm. think they would I didn't think there was any kind of um, danger of them completely rejecting me but it was still really scary and I'm, I tend to be quite... Um, open really so as soon as it happened I told my mum because you know, <laughs> they were living down in London and I was in Coventry so there was a bit of distance it's between a bit us. Of safety, yeah. yeah but I guess also there was no way to, I guess and that's the, the thing I always think about sort of coming out as LGBT that your family are often not in that place mm. so I mean obviously you can be a black child of white parents or you can have a disability when your parents don't 
but it, it it's not like um I suppose I kind of think if you grow up like in a black family you've got some experience of watching people deal with racism or you know yeah in, you know celebrating your culture and all that kind of stuff whereas coming out as LGBT you've nine times out of ten you've got to do that on your own and it's something that you, your family don't get and don't understand um so my mum and dad were supportive but it I couldn't have done it with them I couldn't have I couldn't have come out at home I don't think it mm. would have just been too hard so I'm always amazed by young people who come out while they're living at home and at school and stuff like that because I think wow, how difficult is that so they so I kind of needed to be away and that's what was lovely about living with Liz and Mike that they kind of sort of gave me a bit of a parental mm. home for a little bit just to kind of get me through that mm. um, so my siblings were fine my siblings were really just like <laughs> plus really my, my younger sister came out a couple of years later but in a completely different way just didn't tell anybody <laughs> started going out with started seeing this woman in Holland so you know by the time she'd been to Holland 20 times in three months we were like oh okay maybe that's um my mum used to cry a lot when we talked about it she was really supportive she was when I first came out she just said well that's fine you know as long as you're happy but then over the subsequent years probably I don't know maybe 10 six years maybe something like that she would cry a lot about it and I think that's about being very ill-informed really and thinking I've had a sad life and yeah and her best friend's dad had I don't know if he'd come out but he'd had relationships with men while he was married and that caused loads of problems in the family so I was sort of trying to say to her that's not that's not what I'm doing it's not everyone's experiences not yeah so she's been fantastic. She's really kind of got it over the years and she volunteered in a women's centre and worked with an older lesbian who worked in the centre. And I think that really helped mm. kind of see somebody who she could relate to who was older but also identified as a lesbian. And you talked about um, sort of particularly like the, the lesbian uh, women that you worked with. Were they particularly supportive around that time or were there any other gay people that you knew that were sort of... I think it was, I mean, there was probably only a couple, actually, but that mm. seemed like a it big deal like a at the time, yeah. Because <laughs> at school, I think when I was at school, the only thing I knew was that possibly there were two girls who were lesbians at the school, but it was all very hush-hush and it wasn't okay. And I think the, I think probably looking back, the, the head and the deputy head were probably both lesbians and possibly a couple. But again, what well, it was like not seen as a good <laughs> we went thing. went to a girl's school, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ring a bell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that kind of old-fashioned, it's kind of an old, and it had been mm. a grammar school and it had all that kind of, and I guess it's a girls' school, isn't it? So mm. it was great because you felt like you could do anything. But, um, yeah, so I suppose it had all been quite negative at school. And then when I met Pete, when I was doing the youth work, there was probably one that I can think of, but there must have been more than that. I think another couple came out. So maybe there was three or four or five of us sort of by the time. Mm. I came out and I can remember the the one who was already out I can remember sort of following her around a lot wanting to talk to her about it and not really getting very far because she wasn't particularly chatty and I did exactly the same in my 30s when I was trying to have children I sort of followed lesbian mums around trying to get (laughs) someone to talk to me about it and it's not it's partly wanting just that support really to Mm. kind of yeah just figure out how do you do it and what do you do and how do you be that so I don't think I actually talked very much to anybody about it but I think it was just the fact that they were there yeah some not um 
role model as such, but just yeah. like you say, just to see that common experience yeah. that you've not, you yeah. know, no, no idea where to start. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the clothes thing is It was a big thing, really, that they existed, I think. Mm. And because before that, there was, there's no, you know, where else? It doesn't come up at school other than negatively. There's no, there's no positive role models. And it's not even about being a role model, it's just being a person, a lesbian that you can look at and go, oh, look, mm. that's a lesbian. But um, and then my first girlfriend was one of the youth workers. She joined the youth service, I suppose, when I was there. And I think at the end of a meeting, I sort of she was there, and I sort of said, "Oh, I think I'm questioning my sexuality." She was like, "Oh, I'll talk to you about it." <laughs> <laughs> so that was obviously very helpful. <laughs> um, obviously, you you didn't come out at um school yourself. What do you think would have been the reactions? Was there any kind of did people talk about it no, in relation I, to anyone else? Or I, I cannot imagine. The, the only the only time that you heard it talked about was about, I think there was rumours that two girls had been caught kissing behind mm. the stage or something like that in the hall. and It was all going, oh, yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> so it's so negative. I can't, I can't imagine in those days. So that would be the seven, 75 to 82 or something, sort of late 70s. I can't imagine sort of somebody positively standing up and going, well, I'm a lesbian. It's just, <laughs> it is just unimaginable. Um, I'd say as well, obviously, there was no, even if it wasn't, there were certainly no pupils, but so, with staff, it would just be not even... No way. They, were, they weren't allowed to, to no. have that conversation. So. And funnily enough, I mean, I think one of, the, one of the things I liked about it being a girls' school was that you didn't have to deal with boys and... Although there were some subjects that just weren't taught, so you couldn't possibly do woodwork or anything because it didn't exist. But it meant all the subjects were open to you, and most of them were taught by women. So, so I was rubbish at physics, but I quite liked it. So in a in a mixed school, I never would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> but because it was a girls' school and there was a woman teacher, it just made me feel like, oh, you could kind of do this. I think there was a point. Oh yeah. So, but the one teacher who I really got on with. Looking back, I think, sure, she was a dad. Because she just had a different way about her. And that would have been would have been interested to have seen the difference if yeah. she'd been able to come out, what, what impact that would have had. But, um, yeah, like you say, there's no way then that she would have been able to. And um, sort of in relation to information provision, in terms of obviously, like, trying to sort of glean information from people that you knew, what... Obviously now we think, oh, people can sort of sit down in front of a computer mm. and get, you know, so much information. Mm. Were there any particular resources that you remember kind of going to or thinking, oh, you know, where's the, there a book or a magazine or whatever? That... No, that's a really, really good question because I think, I mean, possibly on my course I might have come across stuff, but I think it was doing the youth work that, that got me access to that kind of thing because yeah computers were completely you know people didn't use them at that point I think they just started coming in a few years later so certainly nothing in school I don't know what I would have seen in school if anything and I did a just by chance really did a, a, a communication studies degree so I think you know subsequently I can look back and think oh I was really lucky to go away and do a degree because apart from anything else it just gave me space yeah I didn't have to go and find a job I didn't have to kind of um, stay where I lived. I could go and be somebody different and move away. Mm. So I think that really helped me in the process of coming out. 
so it turned out to be a really fantastic course. It was like sociology and psychology and film yeah. studies, and all. so it taught you to kind of critique and analyze things. And the the film shooter was a feminist kind of lecture, I suppose. So she introduced lots of mm. stuff. So I was completely definitely would have an eating disorder at this point. <laughs> but luckily, when I was about twenty, I read Fat Is a Feminist Issue, which I'm sure came either from college or from the, yeah. from the youth work, and that completely sorted me out. It was amazing, really. It was like, oh, okay, right, I need to start eating again. Um, but I think it was probably the youth work that really did it, because because I wasn't doing youth work, I was doing girls' work particularly, so it was really issue-based, and we did lots of stuff around working with girls and lots of issue-based work. Though I don't know, I guess at some point in that, sexuality might have come up, or there would have been some resources. But still not very many. Mm. It, it still was... You know, even the kind of feminist stuff was quite new. There wasn't there wasn't any of the sort of queer politics stuff around. That, not not accessible anyway. That I know of. Then I think there was lesbian feminist stuff. And that's and it's kind of like shot away in the academy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> not for yeah for mass for consumption. No, exactly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when I. See, it's difficult to kind of remember to go mm. right back to the beginning bit and think, oh, when did all that lot kind of come about? And you talked about, you know, there were, there were no role models as such. Mm. Is that, you know, in terms of celebrity, I suppose, was there? Or not even... Or I, I, I can't think that there are any celebrities at all. I can't even think of gay men. Certainly, there's certainly no trans mm. people around at all, I don't think. If there'd have been anybody, it would have been. But Freddie Mercury, I didn't know Freddie Mercury was gay. So I mean, yeah. so even people who who might have been out then, I didn't necessarily know about it because I don't think, because you have to be really, really, really out. Yeah. I think to for people to kind of take any notice. So I, there's certainly nobody that springs to mind. So even if people were out, and it was widely known. I don't think I knew about it. Yeah. It definitely didn't come out in terms of famous people. It would have been... I think it was kind of... It, it probably, for me... I mean, it's been interesting, Amelia, doing the feminist webs thing, because that has made me kind of go back and think, oh, actually, that part in my course of sort of politicising and becoming aware and becoming critical of what was going on, and then really massively the girls' work, that's really what enabled me to come out, probably. Yeah. So I think the sort of feminist stuff went really hand in hand with me um, in terms of sexuality. I think that's possibly why for ages I thought, oh, I'd quite like to be a lesbian, but I'm not. I think it really came from the politics. <laughs> yeah, well, this is interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I am. Oh, yeah. so that makes it really easy. Um, but I think, yeah, so I think as a, as a woman, I think first of all, I had to kind of go through a process of just feeling much more confident as a woman, I suppose. Yeah. And then kind of, I think what I what was great when I came out, I just, I can remember sort of thinking, Apart from didn't have to do contraception anymore. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, great. Just great. I just don't have to do the stuff with men anymore. And I hadn't had any problems with men. I'd had two really lovely long-term boyfriends who were just really sweet. <laughs> but I think, but looking back on them, I was thinking, that was a really good tactical move. Mm. I just kind of got myself a boyfriend who was perfectly nice. I had quite a nice time mm. with them. And then I didn't have to deal with anybody else. <laughs> so it wasn't until I came out that I kind of completely fell in love. And I was like... Oh, okay, right, okay, now I get this, right. So what I've been doing before isn't wasn't really being yeah. with somebody, it was just a bit of a smoke screen, even though they're lovely and I'm mm. still in touch with both of them. But yeah, it was really empowering, I think. It was like, oh, this is, I just felt like there was loads of freedom in it. Mm. And I suppose that was partly about being at college and partly doing the girls' work and 
sort of seeing a lot of the sexism and getting really annoyed by it. Because <laughs> my family brought us up to be really fair. So apart from anything else, I just think, well, it's just unfair. You know, I don't mm. know how anybody can disagree with or agree with any of the isms because I think it's unfair. You know, I mean, on a really basic <laughs> level, it's not fair to be kept to treat people like that. So I would get really, I'd have all these massive arguments with my dad about sexism and he'd just be like... <laughs> <laughs> so I can remember a huge argument about why that you should call a chairman a chair or a chairperson. He was just absolutely like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, I can remember getting in the car once and him and my brother, who was younger than me, got in the front. And me and my mum were in the back and I was thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> so I think in that respect, it kind of did follow on naturally. It was like, right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this will do, I don't have to deal with them anymore. And so overall, it was kind of a, a, a positive um, experience. What were sort of any of the, the, the challenges or the, the difficulties? I think it's probably very easy in retrospect to kind of look back and go, oh, that was fine, that was really easy. Um, But I think it was probably a lot harder than I remember, and possibly than I gave myself credit for at the time. Because I sort of know that about myself now, that I'll just launch into things and kind (laughs) of just... (laughs) (laughs) And underestimate it. So when I look back, I think actually that was quite hard. I think it was quite... I think it was a real upheaval in terms of my identity, I think it was quite unsettling. And I didn't really know where to put myself. And it coincided with the kind of group I'd hung around with from college, either moving or me kind of just coming out. So I just wasn't part of that scene anymore. Mm. And it all sort of happened at the same time. So I literally got a whole new group of friends. And I left Coventry and went to live in Leicester where my new girlfriend was living. So I also kind of left everybody behind. And I guess, you know, I'd lived there for five years, which when you're young is quite a long time, isn't it? Now it doesn't seem that long. But So I'd been at college, then I'd stayed there for a couple of years. I'd worked with the youth service for five years, so everything was kind of the same. And then coming out sort of threw all that up in the air. So I could have chosen to stay there, but I think because my friends had left and the the video co-op had stopped because people were leaving. So, you know, it was partly choice that I chose to move, and it's only kind of 20 miles up the road, but... Yeah, it was a. I think it was probably much more stressful than I kind of realised at the time, and I did find it hard with my family. You know, now now it's all settled. I find it much much easier. You know, I can look back on all those days and think, oh, actually, that's really upsetting. You know, my dad would say things like, "Well, gay people can't have long term relationships." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Dad," no, but. So I was perfectly capable of arguing with him and sort of yeah. and reassuring my mum that everything would be all right. But actually, I didn't know that it would be all right. Mm. You know, I didn't. It's yeah. upsetting to have that kind of reaction, I suppose, even if you kind of manage to cope with it. Mm. So I suppose it was a real mixture of being really excited and having lots of support in some respects, but also being really, really new. All my friends were new. My relationship was new. The place I was living was new, and everything with my family was a bit kind of up in the air and in fact there was one my grandma who was really close to I never came out to and that always felt really really difficult Mm. was that your choice or something yeah I just really really worried about upsetting her so I got three sets of grandparents and two of them just knew I don't know Mm. I think probably because mum and dad told them or it just became obvious Mm. or something and it was never an issue they were completely fine 
but my grandma, my other grandparent, was my birth mum's woman. My birth mother died when I was little, so there was no kind of, there was no other generation mm. in between us. Yeah. So with my mum and dad, I felt like they were young enough to kind of just take it really, and I was, mm. there was no way I was not going to tell them. But she was much older, and I just felt like she would be really, really upset. So it was really, really difficult over the years. It wasn't so bad when I first came out, but so I couldn't tell her about my girlfriend she'd kind of gather that I was living with so and so and then moving somewhere else and mm. living with somebody else and she, she'd kind of say oh well you're a career woman aren't you <laughs> and one of her sisters had been a dyke was, was, um, but it was never acknowledged so she would mm. talk about Bess who had moved from Birmingham where all her family grew up down to Somerset so she was the only one who moved <laughs> and lived with Terry who was a woman <laughs> who my grandma said was a housekeeper and was like an <laughs> inspector in the police force, which would have been in the, what, I don't know, 50s or something, would have been really unusual. Yeah. So she was obviously, clearly, <laughs> a lesbian, but it was never, yeah, never spoken to, of. Yeah. Never, and um, she was also a Catholic, and there was quite a lot of gay men went to her church in, in the 80s. I always wondered whether it was around HIV, and mm. people really struggling with that, and kind of going back to their, their faith, yeah, and yeah. sort of trying to find a way of dealing with it. But my grandma would always say, so a couple of them she knew were gay. She was always like, well, he is homosexual, but he's, he's not doing anything about it. Or he's not... <laughs> yeah, he's not acting on those, yeah. Yeah. Oh, those urges. Oh, God, then I then. But that was really sad, I think, over the years, because um, cause then she just thought I had a different life to the one that I did have and mm. probably thought I was having a hard life or something, and it would have been really nice to be able to sort of celebrate it. Mm. What would you say were kind of like really particularly good memory and maybe an associated bad memory mm. about that maybe that period or you know sort of going on from, from that I think the really good memories would be falling in love with my first girlfriend because it was just amazing it was like oh right now I get it all <laughs> I get it all <laughs> and it was really really lovely yeah it's just fantastic so that was that was just fantastic really and I really enjoyed all the the Clause 28 campaigns and the marches and I just enjoyed learning everything mm. learning about I don't know just learning all the all the politics and all the the stuff that went with it mm. so that was a really really exciting bit and, and real freedom just feeling like as, a, as an individual I'd kind of like got loads of personal freedom like I'd liberated myself a bit that really because I think I'm a bit of a funny mix if I don't like to stand out too much but I always often seem to be a bit different <laughs> so I think I'm a bit of a rubbish Leo you know? <laughs> kind of head in that direction and get there and think oh I don't like this but um but I think for me it probably was a really amazing thing to have done to kind mm. of in the in the face of quite a lot of adversity still still go ahead and do it yeah so I think doing it just was gave me a sort of massive sense of achievement and it fell completely right you know it, mm. it was like but once I came out that was it it was like oh, right. no going back yeah no there was no I mean, maybe it's because I waited and waited and yeah. talked about it for a couple of years going oh I'd like to be but I can't so I guess I gave myself plenty of lead up time to it so those would be the good bits yeah meeting really nice people and being part of something I suppose that, that fit that where I really felt like I fitted um, I, the, I guess the hard stuff would be my family stuff so come, having to come out with them and then dealing with the sort of backlash from it. Yeah. Even though it was often quite subtle and was a probably a bit mixed up with me becoming quite politicised and having a kind of feminist agenda, I suppose. So I probably would have had a lot of those arguments that I had with them without it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that probably would have been... I think that additional thing possibly made them take me less seriously because I think I was so 
passionate about everything at that point and really wanted to tell them everything because I tend not to censor things or I didn't then and I think they probably would have coped with quite a lot of it but I think particularly with people's prejudices about lesbians and if you kind of put that with feminism then you kind of definitely like a man hater and all that kind of stuff and it's like oh. <laughs> and it's very difficult to kind of get past that and yeah. I think there was I think there was quite a bit of that went on probably much more than I realised actually mm. So that so that was hard, but but you know I was really lucky and that my siblings were great and there was just no issue there. But it's still still isolating, I think. Suddenly, sort of being stuck out is really different in the family. And how do you think your experiences as uh, a young gay person sort of have gone on to impact you, sort of th- later in life? I think I was really really looked after by the youth workers that I worked with in Coventry at the time. So although I kind of came out at the end of that, I think I still probably worked maybe for another year or something like that within within the same kind of big sort of citywide group of youth workers and with the same people that I worked quite closely with, the same sort of in the same groups. But I think that was just really important. Mm. And I think it gave me lots of confidence later on. I felt really, really liked and really valued as a worker and then really supported when I came out mm. so I think it, I think that kind of basically gave me loads and loads of confidence and now I can look back and think god I was really young <laughs> and I was 19 when I started doing the youth work which at the time seems really old but now I can look back and think oh actually that was really young and I can kind of see myself through through the eyes of a lot of the women workers who are in their 30s and 40s yeah. and a couple of them in particular who were, who were maybe sort of 10 years older than me were just incredibly supportive and both of them were straight although one of them later came out yeah I think that really really I think it really gave me sort of basic self-confidence yeah sort of moving on what do you think it's like to be a, a young LGBT person in 2010 <laughs> it's a bit difficult to say because I'm not young <laughs> but I do work with young people and I think it's a bit of a mix and I think it partly depends where you work or mm. where, you, where you live I think I think on the one hand it's much more visible, so it's not such a completely weird thing if people come out. So there's, yeah. de- there's definitely there's more kind of famous people who are out and stuff like that. There's still far fewer lesbians or mm. women basically. Yeah. So I think so I think girls have a hard time in that respect. But I think there's also an expectation from people generally that everything's fine. Either people are kind of supportive of LGBT issues. And they think everything's fine. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's all sorted now. There's no yeah, homophobia. There's no issues, yeah. yeah. Or people are not supportive and they think it's all gone a bit too far. <laughs> so there's that kind of bit that goes on. But I think actually for young people, it's still incredibly difficult to come out. And I think even if you live in the cities, it's really difficult. And I think if you don't live in the cities, it's really, really, really difficult. I mean, the one saving grace might be the internet. So at least you can go on the internet and you can maybe connect up with other people and you can go on the internet and you could put lesbian and gay on the internet and you'd be able to get some positive stuff up. And I think that's maybe the big difference yeah. to when I came out, that there was, there was nothing like that. Mm. But then with that goes all the added pressure with that. So there's all the kind of just managing. So you'll probably know that much more <laughs> than me, because I don't even understand it. But just what I see from the outside, I think, well, how, do you, how do you manage that kind of existence? And that and that overload potentially, or yeah, because as much as the internet can provide you with all the the good information, the yeah. resources that you need, yeah, there's so much alternative opinions and you know yeah. discussions and debates yeah. and other things to manage. Yeah. You know, it's hard enough managing your relationships. Mm. Say, for example, in school with friends, face to face, let alone yeah. through a 
Facebook or whatever it may be. Yeah, big thing. So it's huge, isn't it? And I think it not being face to face is a big thing, mm. and trying to judge people's attitudes and where they're coming from and whether they're who they say they are and all that kind of stuff. And then all the bullying, the cyber bullying that goes on. I kind of think, ooh, <laughs> I think that's it's it's a big thing, really. I think I think if you came out, you you'd be at such risk of being bullied, even just on the internet or through phones and stuff like that. So I don't know, I, I'm not sure that it's it's particularly easy. And I, and I certainly know from my own experience, my, um, someone in my family came out about, I think how long ago now, less than 10 years ago. And I sort of thought he might be gay and it had never kind of quite got acknowledged in the family. And before I could pick up on it, he was meet, coming up and meeting men in the, in the gay village in Manchester. And he's not from Manchester, mm. without me knowing about it. And getting absolutely massively you know, abused, really. So going out with much older men, one bloke who he said called him his trophy, didn't speak to him by his name, would introduce him to his friends, this is my trophy. God, you know that. And I think I wasn't, I didn't grow out on the scene then, I think maybe I'd just had my kids or something. Mm. Like, man, is this what goes on? That was really, I found that really, really, really upsetting, all that kind of potential for, for abuse, because when young people are so vulnerable. And there's still, you still can't reliably have a lesbian and gay youth group in every town. You can't, yeah. and people still go out into the village to their nearest kind of gay centres to meet other people yeah so i do i think it's pretty rubbish really it probably just needs for the access to the information to be there but also the access to kind of education about what you know the implications mm. could be and you know, i think the internet I'm not trying to demonize it in any way but it's not and it's not about all grooming or mm. stranger danger i think those things yeah. young people kind of understand this yeah. from small it's don't speak to strangers yeah it's the kind of wider things if you don't know what you're mm. opening maybe your personal yeah. information up to kind of wider things yeah. and being more it's those kind of awareness exactly. things and don't know if we're at a point yet where the people that are in a position to give that information know know enough themselves to be able to tell someone no and I think that's partly partly the problem is that people who work with young people are not very interested to in or committed to working around LGBT issues mm. so I, I do work in schools and I do work in youth centres and what have you and people are, are, are either homophobic or heterosexist or don't get it and it really really infuriates me so I think if you're doing stuff on if you're a teacher and you're doing stuff on cyberbullying, for example, which they are starting to mm. do, you have to really know that young gay people will really need to use the internet in order to try and build themselves a community because they're probably mm. not going to be able to come out to their parents, they're probably not going to come out to their school friends. Yeah. Probably the first thing they're going to do is try and find something on the internet because it'll feel safer. But you have to have a real understanding of that mm. and then convey that in your classes. And, you know, I can absolutely guarantee you that most teachers and probably most youth workers, although youth workers are a bit better, don't, as a rule, refer to lesbian and gay issues mm. off the cuff. So, so I teach sex education. So my idea of teaching sex education is that you just include LGBT stuff as a matter of course. Yeah. You don't. You can do something specific on it, but you also, talk, talk when you talk about, about relationships, you talk about same-sex ones and, and what have you. Mm. That, that's just what you do. And it's not difficult. But you actually, most people are not confident enough to do that or don't agree with it mm. or don't get it enough. And so by doing that, you're instantly giving a message to any LGBT young people in the class that they don't exist mm. and they're not normal, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you make a big effort as a teacher to make it clear that you do include LGBT young people. As a matter of course, mm. then you're implicitly saying you're not normal. And I think then that, that just opens it up, doesn't it? Yeah. To feel like 
bit difficult to come out. So I think culturally it's hard, and I think even though some things have shifted in the civil partnerships and what have you, the general culture is that people don't still don't mention. And think that the um, the kind of thing about not if you don't know anyone within the family or whatever is yeah. that who how do you associate? You know, you might see someone on the television, but still, it's kind of yeah. like that's someone different to me because they're on yeah. the television it's not something you can associate with and mm. think oh well yeah <laughs> you know it's a real person a real person Mondays, yeah. you know all through the week you know how do I begin to even start yeah. to unravel that and kind of see where I yeah just finally I just wondered if you had a particular message to any young uh, LGBT people that might be listening oh. to this about <laughs> and kind of questioning their sexual identity at the moment or going through the process of coming out any words of wisdom oh. <laughs> oh I suppose I would just say really be yourselves it's fine you know it's really really fine to be yourself and it's really important to be yourself it's, it's your life and it's not worth it's not worth trying to live up to what other people think you should be because often you find out that's not what they thought anyway, or maybe they'd always wanted to come out and hadn't, or so really all you can do is be yourself. However, it's a really good idea to be as safe as you can in that, and and do it as easily as possible. So find your support networks, find people that you can trust, do it in a way that that works for you. So there's no right or wrong way of doing it either, mm. and you can come out, you can decide you're not, you can change, you can be one thing, you can be another. It doesn't matter so long as you're looking after yourself and you're respectful of other people then that that's incredibly important and you never know what impact that has on other people it's like mm. a ripple effect down the line all you can do is kind of stay true to yourself and it's just not a bad thing there's not you know culturally we just haven't got it there's no reason why being lgbt is a problem it just isn't mm. it's completely okay Brilliant. thank you very much